Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance, this week on the Disruptor Series. I'm joined by Rec Hall. Hello. How are you guys? Hello. Hello. Hi. We're good. So you guys are lifelong friends. How did the band come to be out of this friendship? I grew up with Lance. He's my neighbor. We met in like a fourth grade talent show. And we both could play Wipeout pretty well. So (laughs) (laughs) it was a pairing meant to be. And then uh, long story short, I started carpooling with him when I was a sophomore in high school. You know, when you get your permit, you get your license. And I would chirp in his ear, hey, we should start a band. I was really into Nirvana at the time. So I was like, that seems so cool. Then we held tryouts, met this guy here. And a couple people have came and went in the band, but we had... All three of us had like a common goal and saw a common vision. So it just kind of kept on moving forward. And, and this is where we are now. So you guys didn't have to like fight over who was going to play what instrument. You guys were already pretty established in your own instruments. Never fighting. It was like <laughs> the instruments did change a bit and they may still because we all do multiple things. But no, we never like bickered over who would do what. Yeah, I just um, I would tell him what to do. Yeah, he would just <laughs> he would lay down the law and I would just hang my head in shame and do what he said. I had a chance to see you guys in Cleveland last year while you were out on tour with Lovely the band. Okay. How did that tour end up going for you guys? That was a really good first experience. It was um kind of eye-opening because that was the first time we were truly on the road. We have done local shows and everything but living like out of the van and uh selling merch and trying to win over crowds that was really really fun learned a lot we sold a lot more merch than we thought we were going to so that was awesome That's good because we're you know low man on the totem pole we have one song out we aren't well known and we're on this tour with people who are well known and i didn't want to feel annoying to them so it was nice to like feel so supported by lovely and cannons and it was like it, it really felt like they wanted to help us out and they weren't you know macho manning us so it was it was really a good experience just a great all-around learning experience and i'm I think we're all better equipped for the next tour because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot about you guys out on the internet yet. Is that on purpose? Yes. It's been. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. And no, it's, we've been very eager over the past a long time to release new music, but um, it's somewhat of a strategic play. There's a lot of things going behind the scenes. Did you mean just like personal stuff too? everything it's i mean it's very difficult to find much about you guys it's like a combination of two things we're very precious about the product and the image that we put out but also the type of people that we are we're not necessarily drawn to social media and i guess putting ourselves out there it's not that we're against it at all i want to make sure that's clear it's just that uh we tend to just kind of write and stay in our own little world and it's kind of been hard to like branch out of that it's gotten us to this point and gotten us into a lot of positions where we um, have met a lot of good people and have a good team now. But now it's we're kind of getting into the second phase where we need to be more public figures. And it does kind of go against who we fundamentally are. But I know we'll learn. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting better. We're, we're, at it. Like, we're not against it. But yeah, so it's part of us. It's part personality, part strategic, I would say. You'll hear about us a lot more once we start moving underway the next process, you know. Are you willing to talk about that next process? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to. I, I, I think I we'll know. abstain, but at the very least, yeah. like as we speak, like today, the last week, there are big like things happening. Brewing. Like, we're very excited to be able to talk about them. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the future. But I guess things is as specific as we can get. <laughs> yeah. There, it's not well, like songs exist and songs are done and uh, we're just waiting on the right time to release those and just uh, trying to really cultivate a good brand image and uh, just be something that's true to us but also very likable. It's finally coming to a head, it seems like. Yeah. We're finally getting to a point where it's really um, getting very serious. And I, I hate to like, I don't know if I should put a date on things, but I, we've been told dates and it's in the future. It's like in a seeable future. Whereas six months ago, I couldn't tell you if we were going to release music. <laughs> like yeah. now, oh, okay, I can see it. Back in June, we were told that you guys were working on an EP. Mm-hmm. With this new music, do you still plan on releasing an EP or do you have more of like a release as singles kind of plan or more long-term vision for that? To tell you the truth, the details are still not fully worked out on what the releases will specifically look like. But I guess we can just say in terms of the quantity of songs, it's upwards of an album at this point. It's just a matter of um, how we're going to dole them out what makes sense like and you know sometimes we go back to rework some of these songs that we think are done so but there's plenty we can say what we want to happen but it's not always about what we want i think we all want something like a five song ep and then an album uh where it's anywhere from eight to twelve songs but we still don't but that's we're still exactly planning we're not the geniuses at marketing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say our management really loves this bullet analogy we're making these bullets crafting crafting these bullets and like you can only use them once obviously so like picking the right time is just gonna make that release so much more optimal and efficient in terms of success and also just how like the band image and how we present ourselves as a band how do you decide when a song is done that's a that's that's, that is the eternal question (laughs) for the songwriter and i think the answer is that you don't and especially when we're time crunched I'm not going to say the specific nature of the time crunch because it has to do with some of these things, but we are more time crunched now than we have been in the past when we could leisurely write whenever we want. So especially in times like this, I think this answer would probably come from almost any songwriter. I can't speak for everyone, but I think generally a song isn't ever done. Yeah. So we just kind of have to yeah. like be like, okay, that's good enough. We got to put it During out. During these COVID years, we were very leisurely writing songs very much taking our time going through two sometimes three four renditions because we had no deadlines we were just had all the time in the world but i mean obviously that's just not the case forever and you have to make compromises and so with these deadlines will come more time crunch and then the answer to your question will actually be <laughs> an answer <laughs> yeah tangible. exactly i would say personally when a song is like 95% done and you can't think of specifically anything that you want to change but you're like hmm that's usually when I'm like okay you know what I need to take a step back I need to take just a couple months <laughs> yeah. not listen to it because you, you can spend years just tinkering away at the finer details but I think part of that too is has to do with the length of time it has been since a release I mean there's a billion factors but part of it is just that the way we write songs is very precious you know, maybe you would have asked that question to someone else and they would have just been like, oh, I can tell when a song's done pretty early on in the process. But for us, it's very difficult and we have very high ambitions for all the songs we write. So so it just takes us a while. We're very much perfectionists. Yeah, which it's is good and a bad thing, yeah. I guess. Have you guys ever gone back to work on a song and then been like, you know what? I think this is actually a totally different song. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Constantly, mm-hmm. constantly. There's a really fine line between like artistry and being like, this is a unique work. And then the other side where it's like, no, this is summation of parts that I can now rip from, you know. So like there's like the engineering side where I can see all the parts and all the melodies and all the whatever and be like, oh, this might work in this song. This, But, but then there's also like this sum is greater than the whole, you know, yeah. so. It goes from song to song, and uh, there have been times where we listen to a song and we're like, oh my god, everything needs to go except for this. <laughs> so let's just... <laughs> or there's been times where we're like, oh, this song's okay, but if we took this part and put it in this song, oh my god. And then there's been times where it just everything is kind of insular and everything stays within the song. We have kind of a two ways of looking at it, the broad view and then the kind of microscopic view. So, Can you tell us about your song, If She Doesn't Get It? Yeah. That one, what can we say? <laughs> that one happened in a pretty similar way. Actually, it was written, the way it was originally written sounds nothing like what the world has. And that was another one that we we went back to. We took it to yeah. the producer we work with and he gave us suggestions. He was like, I don't know, this this should be here, this should be there. And we're like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it should, huh? So that one, it retains a lot of the original spirit and a lot of the original parts, but it's been very reorganized. And But I think overall that one actually was written quicker relatively than a lot of our stuff it came together fairly fast i think that was the first time we worked with the production team that we worked with that we're currently yeah that we're currently working with it we just happened to hit a really good relationship and we really uh love working with them so when we were working on that song we were a lot younger and we were learning a lot uh there's a lot to be learned i guess so i think we were students of the production side because at that point going into writing she doesn't get it we were a band uh, actually, we're playing in this garage. <laughs> we hadn't ever touched a DAW, like Pro Tools or anything like that. When we went in there and we saw the world of production and mixing, it was like, oh, wow, this is a whole other world. Just because the nature of the medium, you have to make certain compromises. And um, we learned through that. And I, I don't think the song was compromised in integrity. I think that the song was actually just made better and more <laughs> palatable for a greater audience. I'm really proud of how it came out. And I'm really proud that people like it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's been a blueprint in so many ways because a lot of what we do now is like, how can we um, relate this back to She Doesn't Get It? How can we um, have our new songs be in conversation with that first release? And also just it was a blueprint in terms of, like he was saying, we were a student of production at that point we were not didn't know how to produce and so what you hear on she doesn't get it is like it will be interesting when we release more stuff because all of the things we learned working on that song you will just continue to hear like develop and change Um, you you might be able to hear growing pains throughout it because mm -hmm. it's been it's been a long process and we've learned so much since then i would say that's like the analytical side of she doesn't get it the emotional side of she doesn't get it is that i think i wrote the chords and i wrote the melody and i showed them and they're like oh you know what I think you got something here and we we flushed it out as a band, you know, and uh, we thought we had something and uh, we went and found producers after that. Like it was it was a good energy that we thought we captured. And we actually I think we tried it with two producers and then um, ended up with the team that we have now. And they've just been so helpful with guiding us and kind of capturing that emotion of that song and uh, making it into a medium that is mass distributed. Now knowing more about the production side, does that change the way you see your music? Like as you're playing, do you kind of see the production elements? Yeah, I would say um, all three of us have really become students of production. And I think all of us have goals to be not only multi-instrumentalists, but producers as well. And um, it's completely changed our approach 
of writing a song. Often it's not done in the room anymore, how it used to be, like how She Doesn't Get It was written. We we don't need a drummer anymore because we do it on MIDI, you know, and we can all play guitar now. We can all hash out ideas. Whereas so Lance is the drummer. So now we don't need him behind the kit. We can have him on something more creative and melodic, like a guitar or a bass. So it's really, I would say, completely changed our process. Also, when writing a song, I was very, I guess, naive at the time, but almost entirely throughout the process, it's on a computer. When I was just getting into songwriting, it was sort of a shock to me because somehow it was taking away from the creativity. Like I'm just looking at a screen, but there's a way to like embrace that. And like really, there's so much creativity to be had within the, within whatever program you're working in. It's, it was very cool to see our producers do it like wizards. And then we were learning from them and now doing it on our own. So it's always a learning process. The new EP, if you will, we're all co-producers on now. So that's kind of a cool thing. I uh, I think it helps uh, retain the artist's image or the vision, being able to control it through certain processes. And uh, I just think that it makes the music a little more streamlined if you understand how everything works, you know. And a huge thing is communication and being able to communicate thoroughly what you want, like a sound or whatever, and like actually understanding how do you tell someone what you want or what you don't want is like invaluable. There's like a like a separate vocabulary sheet yeah. for like tones that you try to I want this a little more meaty or like yeah. I want it a little more like it's just stupid stuff like that. But yeah. You guys have to know your each other's vocabulary. Like as a band, yeah. as a cohesive unit, you have to know when you say meaty, what does that mean to everybody <laughs> yeah. else? Here? Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. I honestly think I sometimes imagine someone walking in on like a session we're doing and being like is it English? Yeah. What are they they're, they're, they've lost it. They've yeah. lost it completely. <laughs> they're <Yeah>. making music? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so what do you guys think about producers who make music where it's just them and the computer does everything else? Do you mean like they their whole process is electronic? Or Yeah. I have no reservations against it. I think it's really cool, actually. Um, I just say I know how to play guitar and I know how to play like the keyboards, kind of. And so I'm going to use those tools... In my music, I know Skrillex, he draws everything in, in MIDI. And I think that's incredible. I it's don't, just a whole different skill, which I yeah, yeah. I think all of us admire. Yeah. I don't think it subtracts anything from the artistry or like from the musicianship. I think that it's just a different avenue. A different instrument, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for spinning. She doesn't yes, get it. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. We're going to listen to She Doesn't Get It by Rec Hall right now on The Resistance.